0: Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share. Welcome to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing guest speaker that's going to join us today, uh, Donna Peter. She is the gem for business coaching. She's going to give us all her tools that she has in regards to um, being professional and not losing your funk. You know, being happy um, through your drive of being professional and whatever business uh, business stream that you want to go with your life uh, before we get into today's topic uh jenny lee is going to give a bio in regards to donna before we actually bring her up to the platform
1: donna peters a certified executive coach and co-founder of the me suite um Business. Sweet offers career advice and leadership development services. In 2020, Donna won an award from the People's Choice Award. Donna's passion is to help people find their purpose and provide guidance and career-oriented life planning business matters.
2: Thank you for having me in your sphere. I am learning from your community and I am really happy to be here.
0: Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to uh, be with you today. So before we get into the good uh, information that you're going to educate us with today, um, can you tell us a little bit about your life and how was it growing up?
2: Yes, I think it's fair to say, I have to honestly say that I won the parent lottery. I'm very (laughs) blessed to have grown up in the family that I grew up in. There is a psychologist called Maslow, and he had a research approach and a methodology that he called the Maslow's Pyramid Hierarchy of Needs, and in those needs are at the foundation having food and shelter security, and then having safety, and then having a sense of being loved and belonging. At the top of the pyramid is a sense of self-esteem, and at the very, very top of the pyramid is self-actualization, which is you fulfilling your potential. And if I look at that pyramid, I was very blessed to have every single one of those needs solved, met, By my strong uh, family upbringing. So I'm I'm very, very fortunate of that and I feel blessed by it every single day. The self esteem area, though, shook me uh, because my father had told me, since I could uh, know what he was saying, that I was the most beautiful girl in the world. And then I competed in a beauty pageant. And Donna didn't win the beauty pageant, which meant that Donna was not the most beautiful girl in the world. Three days, and I'm a little bitty, right? I'm a little bitty, and I cried for three days because I didn't understand how could I have not won that beauty contest because my father told me I was the most beautiful girl in the world. So that's when I learned that parents don't always tell you the truth, but they tell you what you need to hear. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so um, I, I will say though I did have some very formative experiences uh, growing up. My parents owned a small family business. And they, it, it made medical examination tables, uh, wood, wooden medical medical examination tables. And I grew up working in that factory, staple gunning, sweeping, running oh, a drill test, awesome. filling out shipping labels, uh, packing boxes. Uh, I grew up in that family business. And I, I think that that uh, shaped a lot of the way I think about uh, entrepreneurship the way I think about uh, doing what you love to do, uh, the way I think about handling financial stress and the ups and downs with that. Uh, so I, do, uh, I contribute a lot of the, uh, the business sensibilities and my interest in business from having grown up in the family business.
0: That's amazing, okay. that's amazing. So do you believe your inspiration comes from you growing up into the family business?
2: I think a lot of it, just the whole interaction and watching it happen and, and being around it all the time uh, you know children absorb everything around them, and that's just a very different experience that I had that not a lot do uh, that allowed me to absorb different things. It's a different type of education, right mm-hmm. when, when you're when you're around uh, around a family business all the time
1: hmm. yeah you just taking you're just taking it what.
2: You're seeing, so you just basically just kind of get stuck with you. Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. What I did, uh, a memory that I cannot shake, uh, that was very impressionable on me as a really young long, young child. I might have been ten or so, working on the factory floor. Uh, there were laborers there, skilled labor, non-skilled labor. Uh, There were people who had gone to college, people who did not finish high school, you know, a whole a whole um, diversity of people working in this factory. I remember my father teaching an 18 year old young man how to read a calendar. Wow. Never been taught how to read a calendar.
1: Wow. Uh,
2: And I I will never forget it. I mean, I was standing right there while it was happening. um, And I just just a lot, lots of experiences there about. um, the stresses of of everyday jobs, the uh, the the importance of equal access to education. I mean, how did this eighteen year old young man become an eighteen year old young man and not know how to read a calendar? Right, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's not his fault. <laughs> So th- there were just a lot of lessons there. Uh, my, my my family had some financial stresses during that time, um, and so I, I remember the dinner conversations and the ups and downs of those financial stressors. Uh, and I, you're just you're just shaped by all of those experiences. You're, you're never the same after them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. So let's get into um, you know some of the things that shape us. How can we actually stay true to our core values?
2: Yeah. So in my business, uh, I have a couple of fundamentals, mantras, requirements, I guess you would say. And one of them is that people spend the time and invest in yourself to identify what your core values are. We Mm -hmm. we hear a lot about core values from businesses, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, Colin Kaepernick was kneeling and then Nike brought him on as a spokesmodel right? Mm -hmm. That was Nike demonstrating that Nike was living its core value around equality. Right, And when we had the um, incident about a year and a half, two years ago inside the lobby of the Starbucks, where there were two African-American men in the lobby and one of the baristas called the cops on those two young people, Um, that Starbucks went very public and said that violates our core values. And Starbucks has a core value, go to their website, they have a core value of warmth and belonging. And that incident that happened in the lobby of that store that day was a violation of the Starbucks core value, create a sense of warmth and belonging. And then that led to some corporate training and some reprimands and whatnot. Well, my belief is that's no different. What those companies are doing for themselves in the way that they make big decisions, they filter them through core values. That is no different than what we should be doing in our own personal lives. Mm, What are our own personal core values? And use those as filters for the important decisions that you have to make in your life. Uh, My core values are curiosity, freedom, and respect. Mm. And, They're going to be different from lots of other people. That's the point. Uh, Do the exercise. Really think long and hard about what do you value most? What truly are non-negotiables for you? And let that be the foundation through which you filter all the important decisions in your life. So my my curiosity uh, core value uh, is one that probably led us to find each other and for us to be talking today, right?
1: <laughs> it's,
2: it's just yeah. uh, being really curious and open-minded that everyone is a teacher if you mm-hmm. give them a chance to tell their unique story. And that's what mm-hmm. you've been doing with your own adventure in Uncommon Women um, and I, I encourage listeners here, if they're just here because they knew me, to go out and listen to the other guests that you've had on the show. Um, everyone is a teacher if you give them a chance to tell their unique story, and and uh, that that's be f- fundamental to my curiosity core value. So true. Yeah,
0: that is one of our core values. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it's an interesting exercise to do too if you're in a relationship of any kind. Right um and just to see uh, what your own personal core values are, what the core value of your significant other is are they aligned? where where might they where might you see some conflicts? It's also an interesting exercise to do in relationships as well.
1: Mm, I like mm. that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So um how do you stay fresh and relevant for the future you want to have for yourself?
2: Yeah. So, Jenny Lee, I can tell that you're getting in my head here. (laughs) Yeah, I. I believe back to my example from Starbucks and Nike, right, those are big companies, established companies that are doing good things by grounding in their core values they're keeping, the, they're keeping the day-to-day operations of those companies running smoothly. And those companies mm-hmm. are staying fresh and relevant for the future that they want to have. Again, why don't we do that for us, ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we staying grounded by our core values? We need our day-to-day running smoothly, probably now more than ever because it's so much more complex. Um, and how do we stay fresh and relevant for the future that we want to have? And I love this concept. I don't have any tattoos yet. If I get a tattoo, uh, it's going to say options are power. Um, I'm a broken record. I say it all the time. I'm sure my friends roll their eyes when I say it. uh, (laughs) 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 It's my mantra that (laughs) options are power. Um, And and I am getting back to your question, Jenny Lee, I promise. Um, If you have the mindset... (laughs) Uh, If you have the mindset that options are power and you seek to surround yourself with options, you are keeping yourself fresh and relevant for the future Mm -hmm. because you are continuing to maybe educate yourself on topics that are interesting. You are continuing to grow your personal networks. You are taking care of your health. Right. So that you can be the best you can be every day. You are um, looking for new roles and experiences, either through friendships or at work or maybe going back to school. Uh, You are staying on top of your finances. Right. So you aren't feeling financially trapped or you have a little bit more flexibility because you're being very knowledgeable about the financial decisions that you're making. All of those things that the people that you choose to surround yourself with, the uh, the way you take care of yourself physically and mentally, the way you look after your finances, this doesn't mean make a lot of money. It just means be smart about the money that you have. Um, mm. And the way you are doing all of those things is building options so that when crazy things happen that you could not have planned and are outside of your control, you're not trapped. And... If you uh, can, I geek out with you for a moment on neuroscience. Go ahead, girl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The brain. Um, we know from neuroscience that the brain scans for threats every one fifth of a second. Mm-hmm. We also know that there are five times more neural circuits in the brain oriented to threat than to reward. Mm-hmm. So what this means is we are naturally instinct wired for the negative side of things. Okay. And if you are doing things in your life to create options, you are avoiding a trapped feeling. A trapped feeling is the negative feeling. A trapped feeling is fight or flight. A trapped feeling is only negative because it means you feel that you're not in control and there is not a human or an animal on the planet that likes to be out of control. So if you are doing all these things to surround yourself with options, give yourself more options, uh, then you are helping yourself self stay fresh and relevant for the future. And probably more importantly, staying flexible because we can't predict the future Mm. as evidenced by the last year that you and I have been living.
1: Mm-hmm. All
2: right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so I'm gonna stop talking before <laughs> you close your eyes and go to sleep on me. Um, oh no!
0: Keep going. It's, keep it's, keep no, going. you're good. You're good.
2: <laughs> See where you want to take the conversation.
0: Um, I want to take it further into, like you said today, the uh, where we're living at um, in regards mm-hmm. to the pandemic. Like, how do you stay positive with the loss of, you know, people having income changes and things like that? So let's let's dive let's dive deep into it.
2: Yeah. I'll probably lean then on a few of my favorite coaching questions. Uh, Part of the art and the science of coaching is helping us think about things in new ways, particularly if we feel a little stuck or afraid or at risk, trapped again. Um, And and some of my uh, some of my favorite go to coaching questions, especially in a situation like the pandemic, maybe some of us are facing job insecurity, job loss, or maybe we're doing self-reflection and thinking, I don't want this thing I have right now. I need a change. Um, If if we find ourselves feeling a little insecure about those moments, I'd like to ask questions like, uh, what evidence do I have that something is true? So if I'm thinking to myself, I can't possibly find another job right now, it's COVID, what evidence do I have that that is true? Mm. What have I tried? Who have I talked to? Have I even put myself out there yet, right? So sometimes in in these moments of uncertainty, if there's something that we want, and then we've got this little nag in the back of our brain, some people call it a self-limiting belief, you can unlock mm-hmm. it sometimes by asking uh, asking ourselves, uh, what evidence do I have that that feeling is true? And you mm-hmm. often find, I don't have evidence, <laughs> right? I just, mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling and, and a fear, but I really don't have any evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, And so that kind of propels you to take the next step, which is what's the worst that can happen? That's my other favorite question. What's the absolute worst that can happen if you put yourself out there and reached out to try to network to somebody to find a different job because you were doing some self-reflection during COVID and wanted to make a change? What really is the worst that can happen if I go to that job interview and I don't get the job? I at least got some practice because I was a little rusty. Um, So that's my other favorite question for get unstuck at this crazy time is what's the worst that can happen if I tried something different? As long as it's not creating pain for you and pain for another person, there's really nothing bad that can happen other than you gain some experience. Mm. Mm, Okay, I like that. Jenny's like, I'm giving that one some thought. <laughs> she just got a promotion so
1: five jobs at
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I,
1: I'm trying do? to keep that I'm still kind of trying to keep that kind of under the wraps a little okay. bit oh, right sorry. now. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I mean that's, that's all I can say. I I I kind of got a promotion. Okay. So all right. I'm going to that.
2: Well, were, were that two about? <laughs> Congratulations. I'm there sorry. Are you.
1: Told me okay. <laughs> I know, but I, I well I should have just said, but it's yeah. okay. It's okay. But it, it feels good though when um you know like that that like with you, like you're teaching these people to have purpose, and then when good things like this, like when I went to my interview, actually, you know, um, I was really nervous and I thought yeah. it was gonna go bad. And my first interview was great. My second yeah. one came along. It was phenomenal. I I, it, I, I, even told Chanel, I was like, it, it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think, you know, I was nervous, but I guess I didn't show them I was nervous. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and I'm a people person, which even makes it much better. So, I was yeah. able to just talk like I'm doing now because it's what I do, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, when you said that kind of brought me back to
2: that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I'll tell you, you're bringing up an interesting topic about interviewing, right? You can imagine, I get this question Mm -hmm. a lot right now in Mm -hmm. in my uh, career uh, executive coaching practice, people prepping for job interviews, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Some people haven't interviewed for a while, so they're a little rusty. Some of them keep interviewing, but they never quite get over the line and get the offer. So it's always like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they often describe, well, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. The truth is, I hope you're nervous. right? I, I don't know anyone who shouldn't be nervous in a job interview if you care about it. Mm-hmm. right? It's like a, an actor walking out on stage will never say they're not nervous. They're always nervous. Right. But but I think you, you probably instinctively did something, Jenny Lee, that you probably didn't know you were doing. But your intentions were pure, right? Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. intention to go out there and, and show that you were hungry, to show that you were interested in adding value because you knew you had value to add. And you probably had very low, uh, what we, we call in coaching, uh, self-orientation. Um, self-orientation, basically, you had an episode on narcissism that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A, narcissist, <laughs> a narcissist would have the highest degree of self-orientation that exists. Mm-hmm. You probably went into that job interview with low self-orientation because you were all about how do I add value? I want to be part of the team. Show me and right. I can help. Um, and, and that's a trust builder, right? So you yeah. probably instinctively did that. Um, I coach a lot of people to help them do that. That might have come quite naturally to you. But I hope you're nervous in a job interview. when, <laughs> when people <think> nervous, <laughs> I, I say, and? Right. I mean, that, that to me isn't something to fix. What we have to do is channel the nervous energy into uh, looking um, knowledgeable, hungry and relevant for the role.
1: Mm, OK,
2: if you've ever interviewed people, and I, I, I swear I'm not exaggerating. I've probably interviewed, I don't probably three to five thousand people in my career. Um, and you have no idea as an interviewer. We want you to be a person. If you're the person, my job is so easy. Immediately, overnight, you've solved my problems because you're the one. Mm -hmm. So the interviewer is never there playing the gotcha game, trying to stick you or trying to um, get you off your game. I hope. I mean, if if they are, then they should never be an interviewer. That's a different topic for Mm -hmm. another podcast. (laughs) Uh, But if you're really, truly um, interviewing for, for a job that matters, you I wanted it to be you, Jenny Lee, please be you. Because if you're my solution, my job just got easier. So they're actually on your mm-hmm. side. So I, mm-hmm. I often you know, I try to coach people that, that really get debilitating nervousness to think that, no, that person wants you to win because mm-hmm. if it's you, I can move on to the next thing. Woohoo. Right. Right. Yeah, makes so, sense. yeah. So may, maybe that'll help somebody if you've got some uh, listeners out there right now in this uh, job interviewing churn.
0: Um, I do have a question about that yeah. while we're on that. Um, do interviewers know the difference between confidence and a cocky person that they're interviewing? How do you, um,
2: mm. you
0: relate from being a cocky per- person versus being confident and knowing, knowing what you bring to the table?
2: Yeah. So, I might define these terms, uh, I, I wouldn't put them side by side like synonyms of any kind. I think okay. a cocky person is back to that comment I made about self orientation. Okay. A cocky person is telling the me story, the me, 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 the I, I, I. And in a job interview, it's an interesting balance, right? How do you strike a balance between showcasing? the value that you truly bring as an individual, but also demonstrating that you know how to collaborate with others.
1: No. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and, and I think a, a confident person recognizes that they make a difference and they mm-hmm. recognize they need other people for maximum mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. A cocky person recognizes that they made a difference. Okay. Period. <clears throat> <laughs> and, and there's no continuation of the sentence. They they struggle recognizing that they need other people for uh, for for the business to thrive and be successful. So I uh, I think a, it, it's kind of ironic though. I actually think cocky people are very insecure. So mm. I I think that cocky is an indication of insecurity. Huh. I I never interpret cocky as a type of confidence. Okay. So. That's the world according like to
0: God.
1: Right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I like that. I do um, too. Yeah. So when you so when you're coaching, um obviously the people that come to you for coaching. Yeah. Uh how do they feel at that moment before they come into you and you start talking to them and just like that teaching them what, you know, how do mm-hmm. they feel some, uh, how I, cause I know sometimes some of them are probably thinking like, well, this is not going to work for me or how. Mm. Do
2: yeah. Negative.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Insightful question. People use the following words when they typically seek a coach. I'll hear mm-hmm. a lot. I'm stuck. Okay. Mm. And maybe they had a goal that was really important to them, but they really haven't made any progress against it. And so they feel stuck. Uh, okay. Sometimes they have an important decision to make and they're struggling weighing the pros and cons of the decision. And they, they want an outside party to help them think more rationally and fairly about the different sides of the story before they go okay. to make the decision. Okay. Uh, so that's another thing that people uh, usually approach me about. And so the, most of these are career oriented. Right. I don't know if I should stay or if I should leave. I don't know if mm-hmm. I should for that promotion or not. I don't know how to ask for the raise that I think I deserve. Um, and then the stuck one can usually be more around personal goals. like m- maybe somebody felt that they should be farther along than their in their career than they are and they're just stuck, not motivated, uh, having a hard time really uh, giving it all they've got. And let me think what else. So stuck, uh, crossroads decision and um, oh, the third one. Yeah. Uh, I do find that the more senior people become in their career, the more they are open to coaching because they realize that every, think about anybody in your life, like like I'm talking about like athletes, right? Or famous, okay. or famous musicians, mm-hmm. even, even famous, you could put famous actors in this category too. Um, anyone who is performing at the elite level of anything has a coach. Okay. Think about it. Right.
0: Mm, Can you,
2: can you give me an example of anybody who's performing at an elite level of anything that doesn't have a coach? Think about it. It's Mm -hmm. I I can't, I can't think of it.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Every, somebody's getting coached somewhat somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, for instance, like uh, when they asked me to train at work, I trained them how I was trained. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. No one can do anything without someone teaching them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and so I I find that's probably the third flavor is that people are reaching a new rung in their career, like people getting newly promoted. And and they recognize that all those things I did before that made me successful to get promoted are different now in my new role where I'm having to demonstrate new skills. Uh, The phrase you'll often hear is uh, what got you here won't get you there. Okay. Right. So it's all that stuff that got you to the promotion. You're hitting a reset button and everything is new now. Different level. Mm -hmm different types of responsibilities now maybe responsible responsible for other people. Uh, So the what got you here won't get you there is is one of the reasons a lot of people uh, seek coaching, too. Um, And so it's kind of sometimes counterintuitive that it's actually the better you get and the more recognition that you're getting, the more you go seek a coach, which can sound a little uh, ironic.
1: No, I don't think it does. I think it yeah. just it's just I think it's just how it is because yeah. you know, uh you you want to seek more and you yeah. like you said, the recognition is like the higher you get, you have to learn more and yeah. you know, you need a coach or a person that's teaching you. Yeah. I mean, you can't I mean you can teach yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I'd rather have someone that's already experienced it to show me that. Yeah. And to teach me. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: And some people will get it through mentors on the job. Some people will get it through you know, informal relationships that they have in their mm-hmm. network. People will get it through paid coaches. There's a lot of different ways to get that. Uh, but, but the main message is please go get it and never stop growing. That would be, mm. that would be the main theme here.
1: Mm,
2: okay. Never yeah.
1: stop growing. I like that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, is there anything you would like to add or mention that wasn't covered today?
2: I think that I was taking a couple of notes because I was listening to mm-hmm. uh, multiple episodes. Okay. and you, I, I, I do want to stress with listeners here. Do you remember before when I talked about options or power and I mentioned uh, there were a couple of categories That you can work on to build options. Mm -hmm. One of them was uh, being very strategic about the people that you allow into your life. Mm. And you had a couple of uh, episodes, Uh, Rashida Williams was one of them that kind of has an episode on that topic. So if that's Mm -hmm. kind of interesting to listeners, they may want to go out and, and listen to her episode around more of the people and relationship component. Um, I mentioned health. Right. We there's so much about our health we cannot control. And I really appreciate that. However, control what you can uh, mm. because the poorer your health, the fewer your options. That's just true. And you had uh, Denise uh, Shamlian, if I'm pronouncing her yes. last name correctly. Denise was on talking about health. That might be an episode that listeners might be interested in hearing. You had um, Dr. It, am I pronouncing her last name correct? Is it Labette? Labay? Dr. Labette? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Labette. <laughs> None of my options are accurate. <laughs> 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 um, she, she had an episode on money, right? Yes, so that was third, yeah, that was my third category around uh, finances, right? And being really, really smart not about making the most money you possibly can, but being smart about the money that you have. Um, mm-hmm. So, so you, ha- you had a few around that too. Um, so I would, that would be the other thing I would say is that if my concept about options or power was intriguing, then I would just encourage people to go absorb These types of conversations that you are making available as a resource to people around health, around finances, around thinking about the relationships that you allow to exist in your life um, and then do the core values exercise that I mentioned. Mm. Um, You need to know what they are. They they may change over time, that's fine. They may stay steady for you for the rest of your life. But I, I even have some clients and people in my life who revisit those about every three to six months or at least once a year uh, not just to decide if they've changed, but to decide how true to them are you living and making decisions?
0: Okay. That makes
2: sense. Is it,
0: is it normal for them to change, uh, periodically or I guess depending on the levels of, you know, the way things change in your life, is that why your core values may change?
2: Yeah. What a brilliant question. Uh, the main, I've actually done some research on this. Um, the, Number one core value that I see change is probably not going to surprise you at all. And it's related to family when people start to have children. Okay, yeah. Right. (laughs) It's such a significant life event that it forces you to stop and take uh, take stock, reassess. Right. Beyond that one, I haven't seen a lot of living your normal life, running through your normal life, really shake a foundation of core values. The family one definitely does, and certainly if anybody has had a health scare of any significant kind, they'll yes, often uh, reassess priorities in core values because maybe they don't work quite as hard. Maybe they you know to take to take the foot off the gas a little bit. Um, but it really takes a fundamental shake, uh, shake of the foundation of your life, I think, to really upset your set of core values. Uh, but I think it's really powerful to revisit them. You know, make it a New Year's resolution, uh, revisit mm-hmm. them just to see how true to them have you been living. Right? If I tell you mine are curiosity, freedom, and respect and I really haven't done anything terribly growth oriented, I'm not really living my curiosity core value. So a couple okay, of That minutes. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you speak on your business
1: and how you help others?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> I'm happy to do that. Um, so I, uh, I retired as a senior partner from a consulting firm, uh, January, 2020. And part of that was this desire that I had. I don't know. Maybe it's coming back from my, my parents owning a family business. <laughs> <laughs> I had this desire to um, be an executive coach. It's something okay. I had done a lot in my regular job of helping to nurture career paths and um, in coaching people through their career journeys. I got feedback that I was effective at it and I loved doing it. And I I felt that I was differentiated in that space. Uh, So I went back to school and I did a residency in the neuroscience of leadership and became a certified executive coach. And my business is called the Me Suite, which uh, for people that aren't living in corporate landia, let me tell you that the name has a meaning. Um, at at any large enough company, they have a leadership team that'll have the chief financial officer on it, the chief marketing officer, the chief HR officer, that's the, obviously the chief executive officer, CEO, CFO, CMO, CHRO. That group of leaders is called the C-suite. C meaning okay. chief, right? Well, I my my, my philosophy was. We should be living our own personal lives the way that C suites lead companies. C suites lead these companies with purpose, with planning, and with power. And we need to do the same thing for our own lives. And I call that living with a Me Suite mindset. I love that. Okay, so um, at MeSuite dot and uh, Shanira has the uh, the uh, website Check
1: address. <laughs> Check <laughs> it out.
2: Check uh, it out. On the website are an enormous amount of free resources. And let me tell you what is out there. Um, I certainly have a blog uh, with a lot of career oriented topics. Um, I even do some fun blogs about uh, traveling with my mother. Her name is Flo and I do a travel blog called Go With Mm Flo. Um, so there's a little bit of fun stuff out there. I love that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of fun stuff out there, but but most of it is very serious and very career oriented and extremely practical. I am not a touchy feely fuzzy person. Okay. It is practical and it's advice you can start doing on Monday if you if you wanted to make okay. a difference. The other free resource out there is my entire library of podcast episodes. Uh, my podcast is also called The Me Suite. It ranked Best Business Podcast in 2020 and People's Choice Award in 2020, as Jenny Lee mentioned. Um, It's about about 130 episodes now. We're in season three, and almost every episode is interview-based, and the interviews are people that are the most diverse population of gorgeous human beings living around the planet different types of companies, different types of careers, different types of uh, races, religions, experiences, geographies. But the one thing that unites all of them is that they are career driven and life minded. Mm -hmm. They know they want a career and they know they want a life at the same time and they tell their unique story. Uh, and so I, and of course it's available for free on the website and also on any podcast platform. You can find it anywhere, whether you're Stitcher or, uh, Google, uh, uh, iTunes or whatever. It doesn't matter where you get your podcast, you'll find it out there. Uh, so I'd love for you to listen and, uh, and give feedback on it. Of course.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. thank
1: you. Well, Donna, thank you for coming out and sharing your story, sharing, um, your coaching methods and (laughs) also we have one question that we always ask all our guest speakers.
2: What makes you uncommon? Hmm. (laughs) I did not know this. I came to this because other people raised (laughs) my attention. Uh, I am uncommon in my ability to connect dots. I mm, see I, love that. I see connection and relevance to things. Uh, it, it comes very naturally to me. Um, I used to be a professional actor, and somehow I thought that was relevant to, bec- to becoming a strategy consultant. Those dots were so clear to me. It was so obvious that that was a straight line between two points where other people would have thought, what are you nuts? You're crazy. Um, and But I also do that with people. I see connections across people that I think would benefit from knowing each, knowing each other or how Jenny Lee's idea would go really well if she only shared that idea with Shanira, et cetera. So I, I would just say I, I have an uncommon gift, uh, a friend helped <laughs> illuminate for me, um, an uncommon gift in the ability to connect dots that other people don't see related. So that'll be mine.
0: I like that. I like that. That is so yeah. dope. And you
2: yeah, it i love it <laughs> i'm not cool enough to say that my idea was dope but i know it's <laughs>
1: <not>. <laughs> well thanks so again donna um listen mm-hmm. you guys have to check out our apparel uh, www.uncommonwomen.net um, if you have any topics or if you want to be a potential speaker or if you know anyone that wants to be mm. a potential speaker and wants to come on um, Uncommon Women, again, website www.uncommonwomen.net and also our, our first annual self-love seminar. Listen, ladies, tickets are going out fast. They are $15. Also, it's May 22nd at 11 a.m., and you will be getting a gift bag so definitely um we're hoping to see you there join in um share um and just we're also gonna have amazing powerful empowering women that are gonna come on there and speak so definitely definitely ladies get your tickets and also um like and share and check us out on um, YouTube. Don't forget that. And also next Thursday, April 29th at 6 p.m Eastern, we will be where our guest speakers be talking on rediscovering yourself after relationships. Check us out next week. Hope to see you and stay in common. Bye. Yeah, we are still on.